Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Hello and welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. This episode is part of a series of team-by-team check-ins that my co-host DJ Short and I will be conducting right up until the opening of the 2017 regular season. Um, we've already covered teams like the Red Sox, the A's, the Mets, the Braves, the White Sox. Um, we'll be covering all of them right up until the regular season begins. In this episode, um, I will talk to Ben Nicholson-Smith the baseball editor of Sportsnet in Canada. Um, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, of course, the Road World website, the Google Play Store. You can find us pretty much anywhere. Um, enjoy this episode. Thank you for joining the podcast, Ben. Um, we're both proud alums of MLBTradeRumors.com. You worked there much longer than I did, and had a much bigger role than I did, but I just wanted to throw that out there for any longtime readers of MLB Trade Rumors who are tuning into this now. Uh, shout out to Tim Durkis. I still want to make MLBTR alumni t-shirts, by the way. We got to get on that. For yeah, sure. I know. I would totally wear it every day. But anyway, like I said in the, in the intro, you now serve as the baseball editor for Sportsnet in Canada, obviously with a big focus on Canada's one team, the, the Toronto Blue Jays. 2016 was a very successful season for the Jays. They hosted the American League wildcard game and took down the division rival Orioles before sweeping the Rangers and the ALDS and advancing to their second straight ALCS, where they fell in five games to the Indians. And then I would call their offseason a success too. An early signing of Kendris Morales to a three-year, $33 million deal. One of the more underrated pickups of the winter in my mind, especially coming at it from a fantasy perspective and how he fits into that offense. I really like him to have a good year. Um, they also waited out a week free agent market for Jose Bautista and re-signed him in mid-January to a one-year $18.5 million guarantee. There are some options in that contract um, for 2018 and 2019, so we'll see how that all shakes out. Other offseason additions include lefty reliever J.P. Howell, a solid backup catcher in Jared Saltolamacchia, Utility man Steve Pierce and right-handed reliever Joe Smith. Um, do you get the sense the Blue Jays are happy with the way they navigated various markets this winter? I don't know that we can say they had a, a real clear plan from the jump, but for the most part, it seems to have worked out pretty well. Yeah, I agree that it worked out pretty well. And it's interesting because when you look at the plan that they initially set out on, it ended up being a lot different than the one that they ended up taking. So mm-hmm. when we first enter this offseason, they were going after guys like Dexter Fowler, and Encarnacion was very much someone that they were considering uh, up until the point that he ended up that he ended up signing with Cleveland. So 
in the end, they get a great bargain in Batista. Morales is someone who you know is signed for a contract that in this market, the way things have unfolded, now looks like an overpay. But hey, they get a good player. It's someone who can slot into the middle of that lineup as a switch hitter, and he should, like you said, do some pretty good things on offense in Toronto. Yep. Um, kind of picking off, piggybacking off that winter review, uh, what is the plan at first base? I'm guessing a timeshare between Steve Pierce and Justin Smoke? Yeah, I think that's a really safe bet. And Justin Smoke is probably the guy who would see a lot more right-handed pitching. And then Pierce, as a noted lefty masher, mm-hmm. would be in there, I would think, most days against left-handed pitching. And the Jays should see a lot of that just being in the AL East where you have, especially in Boston, you've got Price, you've got Chris Sale now, you've got Rodriguez. So they should see a fair amount of lefty pitching. That's a great chance for Pierce to get in the lineup. But I think they're also going to mix Pierce in in left field. As long as he can throw, I think that he's going to be in left field in that mix with guys like Ezekiel Carrera and, of course, Melvin Upton Jr. Right, that makes sense. Um, Let's talk about the health of second baseman Devin Travis who I think drips with fantasy potential as the leadoff man in that lineup. We've seen it in spurts, and 2017 looks like it could be a really good year for him if he can stay off the disabled list. Uh, Travis needed surgery just after the 2016 season for a right knee injury. He's had major shoulder problems, and there have been minor hand and hamstring issues over the last couple years. Uh, What's his status leading into spring training this year? You know, the Jays are optimistic that the surgery he had will be relatively minor and that will allow him to go out there and basically have a full season, which is something he hasn't done yet. But mm-hmm. it's actually amazing. If you look at what he has done in the big league level, he's played 163 major league games. So you've essentially got one full season. In that time, he has 19 homers. He's got a 301 batting average. So you can dream on this guy, like you were saying, as someone who really could be an offensively talented guy, even though as a relatively short right-handed hitter, he doesn't necessarily jump off the page at you in any one respect, but he can hit. And we've seen that every step of the way throughout his professional career, including at the major league level. Yeah. I think he's a pretty good sleeper at, at second base for, you know, our fantasy base listeners. Um, and then a guy that hasn't gotten a lot of buzz, I think, because it's come in fits and starts. Uh, let's move on to, the team speed on this roster. I, I don't see a ton of it, at least in a sense that would be relevant for fantasy leagues. Uh, Devin Travis probably will run more if, if his health cooperates, but the one decent source for stolen bases here is center fielder, Kevin Pillar. He stole 14 bases in 146 games last year after stealing 25 bases in 159 games in 2015, all with pretty good success rates. Uh, I'm not asking you to make some grand prediction, but, have you been given any indication that he wants to run more or the Jays want him to run more? We haven't heard anything along those lines yet, but if you look at just the style of player that Kevin Pillar is, mm-hmm. he's someone who likes to make things happen. On defense, we see it all the time. And on offense, he likes to try to stretch singles into doubles, doubles into triples, and stolen bases are a part of that mentality, where if he sees a ball in the dirt and it gets away from the catcher, he's going to be the kind of player who tries to advance. If, if he sees a pitcher who's slow to the plate, he's going to be the kind of base runner who says, okay, we're going to try to make something happen here. So I really think that it fits within his style of play to try to go out there and steal 20 bags. And, of course, as we all know, he's not exactly an on-base machine. That's been a limiting factor for him. But if he can get on base, then I would expect that he'd probably return to that 20-steal territory. Yeah, that's what I think this year, too. Um, Jay Happ was something close to a frontline fantasy starter in 2016. 
He's really been on a roll since he moved from Seattle to Pittsburgh in the middle of the 2015 season. And that three-year, $36 million free agent contract Toronto gave him last winter sure looks smart now. Um, is there any reason to believe we won't see more of the same in 2017? I think there was an expectation that he'd come back down to earth a little last year in Toronto, making so many starts in the American League East, but it, it definitely didn't happen. Right. If anything, he built on that success. I mean, yep. To go out there, pitch a career high in innings, to say nothing of the of the 20 wins for what, for what that's worth, right. you know, it, it's, it's impressive what he's been able to do. And I do think that he's definitely made strides to establish himself as a better pitcher than the guy that we saw early in his career. When he would have five and a third innings, eight strikeouts, but he had trouble really staying in games late because his pitch counts would get really high. So what we're seeing now is someone who is much more targeted in his approach. He's got a couple different fastballs. He stays in the zone. He's not afraid to pitch up in the zone. And he's had a lot of success with that. Now, last year, the ERA was 3.18. If you look at FIP, if you look at XFIP, he's probably closer to four by those, by those metrics. So, Going forward, he does have a strong Blue Jays defense backing him up with guys like Kevin Pillar, Tulo, Josh Donaldson. He should have defensive support. So I could see the, the ERA being below four, but I wouldn't count on it being around 3.2 again. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it was the playoff start last year where he gave up nine hits but only one run. He's, he's just that kind of pitcher, um, good at dealing with runners on base and even in smaller ballparks. Uh, Aaron Sanchez turned in 30 starts last year and, and pitched about as well as the Blue Jays could have hoped. Led the American League in ERA at 3.00, and the whip was good too, won 15 games. I, I'd say the only thing that kept him from being a legitimate fantasy ace across the board was the strikeout rate. Uh, do you think we see some strides in that department this year with strikeouts? I do think we'll see strides in that department. And, you know, it's just because Sanchez is someone who – can get swings and misses. He can make batters look silly when it comes to that curveball, even the fastball, of course, that's up there toward 97 miles an hour a lot of the time. So to me, if, if he's able to get a changeup into that mix, then you're looking at a true three-pitch threat, and then you're talking about, I mean, he's already a front-of-the-rotation guy, but there's no telling where he could go if he were to refine that third pitch to the point that he's comfortable using it, especially against left-handed batters. But even as it stands right now, even if he were just to repeat what he had in 2016, I mean, he's someone who has so much potential. And I know that this is a guy who led the, ER, the American League in ERA last year. So in a sense, talking about potential is, is kind of ridiculous. He's, he's already there. He's already a really good pitcher. Yeah. But I still think that he can go further when you look at what he was able to do at such a young age and at a time that there were constant questions around his workload. Now he's not going to have those questions. He's going to have time to work on that changeup. I think the best is yet to come for Aaron Sanchez. Yeah. Um, the Blue Jays announced very early into the offseason that Roberto Azuna would be staying in the bullpen at, at closer for the 2017 season, and it doesn't sound like anything has changed on that. Um, but let me just ask you, this is a very fantasy-oriented question, but who's next in line for saves? Should Ozuna suffer an injury, or maybe the Jays are forced into stretching him out as a starter? I don't really see that happening, but just in case, who, who would you say is next in line in that bullpen right now? I think it's Jason Grilly right yeah. now because when you look around that bullpen, they've got a couple of veteran guys in Joe Smith and J.P. Howell. But, you know, Howell traditionally has been a left-on-left on guy. He can go multiple innings, but he's certainly not that shut-down lefty option in the Andrew Miller mold. So I'd say he's probably out of that discussion. 
Joe Smith throws from such a low arm slot that I don't think he would be in that discussion. Then you start looking down the depth chart. Joe Biagini, they're going to stretch him out in spring training just to make sure that they have uh, someone who can be uh, an extra starter in case they need a little bit of depth in that respect. And that leaves Grilly. And the Jays mm-hmm. had him save a couple games last year. He's someone who's done it before. He's got the experience. And I think that would give the Blue Jays some peace of mind if they did have to go away from Asuna for, you know, whether it's just one game, whether it's a week where Asuna needs a little bit of a breather, or potentially longer than that if, if there were to be any sort of long-term injury. Has there been any recent talk about making him a starter at some point in the near future? I haven't really seen much. Nothing recently. I mean, this is this is really a, a long-term question that Jays have talked about. I think he's going to stay in the bullpen because they need him there. He's been really good there. And, you know, especially in the playoffs, you've got to have some high-leverage answers. And as a team that expects to be in the playoffs or at least contending for the playoffs, the Jays would really be lost if they didn't have Asuna in that role. Yep. Um, most ranking services put the Blue Jays' farm system somewhere in the middle of of the road uh, out of the 30 organizations in major league baseball. Um, are there some names we should be watching for younger guys who might come up and contribute in 2017? I ask every beat writer this. I, I don't know. Sometimes there's not a good answer for it. I, I think with the Jays, there are guys worth watching for 2017. I, I think that Rowdy Telez would be toward the top of that list. Yep. He's a first base prospect, left-handed hitter and someone who could make some waves in spring training. Now, of course, he's got Justin Smoke and Steve Pierce ahead of him on that depth chart, but all things considered, those aren't the those aren't the insurmountable names that you'd see at first base and other places around baseball. I mean, if he were to if he were to have a really good two months and show that he can produce against lefties and righties at triple A, I mean, at that point he's only a phone call away. So I think he's someone worth watching. And a little further down I point to Sean Reed Foley. He's someone who really cut down on the walks last year. Now, he was in the lower minors, but he was someone who was really productive, struck out 10.1 batters per nine innings, and really impressed a lot of Blue Jays' decision makers with the strides that he was able to make. So if, if you're looking for a bit of a, a, a long shot, I'd take a look at Sean Reed Foley as well. Uh, thanks for joining us, and thanks for all the great answers. Uh, tell the people where they can find you and what you have going on this spring. Well, first of all, it's my pleasure to, to join you, Drew. It's, it's been fun talking Jays. And, and as for as for where you can find me, I'm on Twitter at Smith. And then beyond that, there's uh, a podcast that I co-host called At The Letters, All Blue Jays Talk. So if anyone's looking for more of their Blue Jays fix, then uh, we have a weekly podcast along those lines as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Uh, we'll have multiple episodes per week during this team-by-team check-in series. Uh, if, you, if you like what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. You can also find these episodes on Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, and, of course, the Roto World website. You can follow me on Twitter at Drew Silve. That's D-R-E-W-S-I-L-V. You can follow my co-host, DJ Short, at DJ Short. Thanks for tuning in. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, 
You can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.